This podcast is brought to you by Catch the Fire Boulder, where we're more than a church. We're family. For more information about this podcast or other resources, please go to ctfboulder.com. Okay, just as a reminder for those online and that are here, this is Holy Spirit-led. You do not know what trauma, you can't do it with your flesh or your own knowledge. You have to have the wisdom and the Holy Spirit to show you what trauma he's showing you. We all have trauma at some point in our life, and as we go through this, you're going to find out maybe you didn't think you did, but you might have. So let the Holy Spirit work through this. All of us have. Yeah. At one time or another. Yeah. Lots. Okay. Let's start, hon. Okay. I'll start by saying that this text is, uh, I know it's, it's written in a, such a way that sometimes it seems a little more, uh, I don't know what the word is, intellectual <laughs> than maybe what we're used to, but uh, this stuff's powerful. Back up here a little. Uh, when we were at our other church, one of the pastors over there, it's Dee Dee Peck, actually, most phenomenal lady ever. She did so much research on all these classes and made them her, her own. And this one she has taken so much time with, and we just need to give her credit for it. And I mean, it did come from Jim Banks originally, but she has formulated it completely different how the Lord wanted it to happen. So I just, she's just a phenomenal lady. We just need to give her credit. So we're going to work our way through this and uh, raise a few questions and comments as we go. The effects of trauma and how to deal with it. And we'll go about defining trauma as well. It doesn't mean just a uh, emotional event. It can be so many other things, and we'll talk about that. This treatise describes a prayer tool that I stumbled across in 2009 by putting pieces of the teachings of three of God's faithful servants together and adding a couple of other steps. The power of it to virtually eliminate many of the symptoms that victims of trauma complain of is nothing short of miraculous. Over the last 25 years of praying for physical and emotional healing, I have prayed numerous prayers, at least in my estimation, that availed little. But for the last 100 folks or so that I have ministered to, this tool over the relief, and I've ministered this tool over the relief they have experienced has been both instantaneous and up to this point permanent. In John 16:33, Jesus said, In the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Note he didn't say will have, as though it were sometime in the future, but you have it now. The Greek word for tribulation is thlipsis, which means pressure, literally or figuratively. Afflicted or affliction, anguish, burdened, persecution, tribulation, trouble. Note that the verse clearly states that we all have it. 
not might have, not will have it, as though we are not having it now, nor does it imply potential. Everybody experiences trauma in one way or another. According to the website listed there, it states traumatic experiences shake the foundations of our beliefs about safety and shatter our assumptions of trust. This is kind of a good definition of trauma right here. Because whether it's emotional, physical, or some other kind of trauma, that's what it does to us. That's the effect of it. Invariably, we find that sufferers of some physical and or emotional difficulty have experienced significant emotional and or physical trauma at some point in their lives, which has detrimentally affected their ability to recover from the normal but difficult circumstances of life and remain stable. Removing the physical aspects or the physical effects of trauma can greatly help an individual achieve or regain the capacity to heal and grow in many areas. It can also eliminate the daily torment of the long-term effects of trauma, both emotionally and physically. In the healing process, the crucial issue is building enough capacity to stay relationally connected to God over a sufficient amount of time for us to allow the process to be completed. That's from a man named Arthur Burke who uh, is, well, we'll read more about his stuff here down a little, a little bit. Unfortunately, trauma affects us on many levels, emotional, spiritual, and physical. Medically, the understanding and treatment of the effects of trauma has been limited primarily to the emotional. And medication seems to have been relegated to insulation from the pain. Traditional medicine seems to recognize that our bodies have many little understood capabilities. And one of them is the retention of the memory of trauma at a cellular level. But treatment has not been effective in reversing its effects. So keep that in mind. Trauma from, from very early on in our lives can actually physically become part of us. That's what he means by the cellular level. So Arthur Burke, founder of Plumline Ministries, has an understanding that trauma itself is a specific scheme of the enemy to gain access to us for purposes of future torment and emotional torture. His take on it is that when Jesus was on the cross, the darkness that overtook the scene that day was neither a storm nor the aftermath of a localized earthquake, as many biblical scholars have tried to reason, but instead it was every demon in hell coming to take its last best shot at him. Intentional torment and torture. It is little wonder that his death took comparatively so little time on the cross. Consequently, Jesus' death on the cross was complete atonement in another aspect of human life in that he took upon himself all the trauma, torture, and torment intended for you and me. So that's something we don't always think about. We, we know Jesus died for our sins, but did you realize he also died for our trauma? 
He wants us to have life and have it abundantly. We do not have to suffer that again. It is Arthur's belief that the principle behind this scheme of the enemy is to cause trauma before the cross became effective in the life of an individual for one of two purposes. Make it difficult for a person to enter into their full identity and for the purpose of causing future torment. So in other words, the, the theory is that the, the, the enemy is behind trauma. I mean, we can experience loss, we can experience injury, sickness, whatever it is, but what we do with that or what we let that do to us is where the enemy tries to get us. The only way that before the cross became effective is remotely possible is to remove some portion of the individual to another dimension, time, or place and hold it captive there. And that sounds a little, I know, a little abstract, but we'll talk more about that as we go too. Dr. Tom Hawkins, founder of Restoration in Christ Ministries, has noted a result of ministry to numerous SRA victims that portions of their identity being can be stuck, captured, imprisoned, delayed in other dimensions, times or spaces through intentionally enforced trauma, which to my mind confirms Arthur's assertion that a trauma victim's identity can be messed with by intentionally introducing or taking advantage of events that effectively delay development. You and I live in a multidimensional world, but are generally only cognizant of four of them, height, width, depth, and time. But theoretical scientists work with string and superstring theory, and this is way above my head, folks, but bear with me, tell us that there are at least 11, and there may be as many as 23 dimensions. You have to remember that you and I are made in the image of God, and God is light, and you are children of light. Scientists tell us that if each organ is broken down to its lowest common denominator, it will all be a similar type of cell. Same DNA as the whole person, but encoded in such a way that it will perform well within the context of that organ. If we break down that cell further, we find a number of, a number of atoms. Each atom can be further reduced to its, to its component parts, neutron, proton, electrons. These elements vibrate at a specific frequency which is in accord with the individual's DNA. Scientists further tell us that if each individual's DNA strand is untwisted, it can be played as a melody on a piano. More vibrations. Anybody ever hear of a guy named Ray Hughes? Man, Google him, look him up. We've, we've seen him, I don't know how many times, but he's, he's a musician, but he's a, he's a biblical scholar and a missionary too. But uh, he, he goes into this at such a deep level that, that there is something... You know, we read in, at the beginning of Scripture where it says God spoke and created the universe. He said, let there be light, and there was light. The sound 
at its most basic level that, that that's really what happened. <laughs> the sound, atoms, the, the smallest component parts that we can, that we can even uh, speculate about vibrate at specific frequencies. It's, it's amazing stuff. Ray Hughes, check him out. When the enemy messes with us through our own sinful activity or cursed generational family issues, our DNA can be altered by attaching junk to that strand, that DNA strand. Or through trauma. Our song, quote unquote, can be changed from a major key to a minor one simply by slightly altering our frequency. Although our DNA can't be changed and our DNA is passed on to our children, things riding on it can have a profound effect in a single generation. How can that be done? By removing one small part of us to another domain or dimension. And again, like Pam said at the beginning, we're talking about the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. So how do we set things back in order? First, by applying the principles of Jesus Christ's atonement to the issues of the effects and the residue of trauma in the life of a trauma victim. Jesus' substitutionary death in our behalf says we do not have to suffer the subsequent torment that trauma victims usually report. Okay, let's use some examples then. We need to really talk about a lot of examples. Um, automobile accident. That's a severe trauma. I don't care if it's a minor or major. You are in a flight, or is it flight or fright? Flight or fright state, and you get stuck there, as Jim said. You know, it's, it's and you don't know why. You have no idea. A horseback riding accident, how many people get really back on it because of the fear they have inside of them? Trauma, we all know, if you were at war, they all have trauma. And they don't understand why. They don't understand why they come back. Where mine can't take how difficult the shock factor is in all these instances. And they're the same for everybody. It, you know, it could be something different for Jim and something different for me, but it's real. It's real to us. When Jim was in seven days of intensive care, that was trauma. You know, we dealt with this prayer together because it was trauma for me not to be able to talk to him. Uh, one that you may not even realize is if you're carrying your child, and I'll just use my son. That's easy. one of the examples I can tell you. I, we've discussed this before. I didn't want him. I was 18 years old. I didn't know, know anything about childbirth. Well, there's a heartbeat at 13 days, you guys. And a, your brain does start hearing things at a very, very young time in the womb. So they hear everything. And all Tony ever heard, I don't want him. I'm scared. That's shock, you guys. That's shock for me, and that's shock to him. And it affects both of us. Or what if an instant, um, 
husband was abusive and hit the woman. That's going to affect that child. That is trauma that needs to be released. You may not know it, but it is so real. Automobile accident if you're carrying your child. That's severe trauma. Just ignoring that your child, not even nurturing it or loving it, it will affect. I have interviewed so many women in this subject. It is so true. And what comes down to, even during the childbirth, if it's difficult, trauma. I mean, Tony, I was I, so in fear, I didn't know what a childbirth was. I watched a movie when I was eight and a half months pregnant. I lost it and cried for months, or at least until I had him. I mean, my, my mom didn't teach me these things. I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know what a heartbeat was. I knew nothing about fetal development. Hence why I do what I do. But that, he, it took, I can't tell you how many hours. I forget now, it's like three days. He still didn't want to come out because I was too afraid. That's trauma. So those things need to be looked at, and that's, that's what we're dealing with tonight. And it does stay stuck in time and space, and you don't even know it. You can catch yourself certain habits or something, and it's like, well, why am I still doing that? That's why all the tools we've had over the last four, five weeks are so important, six weeks, because each one has a place in your development of your healing physically and spiritually. As Pam was talking, the, the most obvious example that comes to my mind, okay, what, uh, you got a soldier, right? What's the T stand for in PTSD? Traumatic. What happens is these are these are young men who who go off to serve their country and experience war and to such an extent that literally and I know you've all heard of this or seen it in movies and stuff or maybe you know uh, an actual person who's experienced this but as we've said, their mind actually, not just their mind, their, their whole being goes back to that, to that battlefield and they're stuck there and they can't get out of it. They don't know how to get out of it. Sometimes it even, it even takes them to the point where physically that's what they're seeing with their eyes. And PTSD is a, uh, I don't know, it's, (sighs) I think we've all experienced it at one time or another. And it's different, you know, it's, it's all based on our experiences and what, you know, our reaction to those experiences. I got, I should have copied this page, but I, I didn't, I apologize. Accidents, torture, abuse, diagnosis of a serious illness, living in an unsafe, unpredictable home environment, violence, distressful issues, images, witchcraft, terror cards, earthquakes. I mean, it goes on. A sudden, unexpected death of a loved one, loss of a home, loss of your identity, your culture, Rejection, the emotional, we haven't even talked about. 
abandonment, being shunned or constantly ignored, being forced to do something against our nature or conscience, guilt, survivor's guilt, shame, losing. So as you see, there's pretty much everything is connected to trauma in some way. And you just got to ask the Lord. Then we have a better definition of the fight, flight, or immobility. Immobility. Yeah, you can read that. Okay. Yeah. Immobility happens in a physical body when faced with the threat of death. The body shuts down in preparation to die. This is what happens when a mountain lion is pursuing a deer. The deer is running as hard as she can to get away, but her strength is almost spent, and she can sense the lion right behind her. At that point, she may collapse and totally shut down. In fight and flight reactions, hormones like adrenaline and cortisol are released, speeding the heart rate, slowing digestion, shunting blood flow to major muscle groups, and changing various other autonomic nervous functions, giving the body a burst of energy and strength and causing heightened symptoms in the body, such as hyperbrain activity. There are different strong biological reactions in the case of immobility. In the example of the deer collapsing, if someone were to shoot the lion at that moment, the deer would lie there and recover for a while and then get up and begin to graze. It's different for us humans, though. In any of these three reactions, fight, flight, or immobility, the normal processes of storing information, memory, and resolving experiences are interfered with and the trauma can be stored in our bodies rather than processed and stored in our brains. So we're left with unresolved emotions and pain that is kept and stored on a cellular level in our bodies. And this ends up affecting our health and causing physical or psychological ailments. Our body also needs healing and release from what it holds, just as our soul and spirit do. People with Fibromyalgia is a perfect example of this because they're stuck in time and place and they can't seem to get out of that illness. It's a tension and stress of unresolved trauma can settle into the muscles, tendons, ligaments, unexplained aches and pains, chronic fatigue, headaches, high blood pressure, irritable, kidney, heart issues, memory issues, Fear, anxiety, panic attacks, worrying, sleep disorder. I mean, it, we don't know how it affects a person's body, but this is where we need to look at. Your forgiveness would have to be, to me, if you haven't forgiven someone, you're going to have some of these same symptoms. So we have to really go step by step to get there. But normally when you exhaust everything else and you still haven't figured it out, this is where we are. Unconsciousness. What if you were raped? or for some reason you just unconscious for a while and you did not know, you don't remember what happened. Trauma. So, uh, well, and it used my favorite scripture is 61, 1, 3, and Luke, oh, Isaiah, sorry. A long day, you guys. Isaiah 61, 1 through 3, and Luke 4, 18 and 19. To hear your brokenhearted, to give freedom, to release you from darkness, to comfort you in your grief and sorrow, to give you a crown of beauty and ashes, the oil of gladness for mourning, and the garment of praise instead of despair. That's what we are here for, for all these lessons. That's what it's all about, okay? 
So how do we break trauma bonds? Anybody got questions? It's a lot. Huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> take a breath. Take a breath. So since there's not too many here tonight, I think we're going to do this prayer and still leave online on because they need to hear the prayer as well, I think. So it's important. It is a long prayer. We are going to, I think we're, I'm going to have Jim read it, I think, through. There are times we're going to ask you, can we touch? And we're going to break up maybe you three ladies and husband and wife over here. And I'll come with you three ladies since I've been working with you. And so we may, it may say, put your hand on your head. If you don't feel comfortable with us doing that or me doing that, then tell me no. Okay, that's fine. But if you're, yes. Oh, yeah, yes, definitely at home. Do exactly everything that's in the prayer if you're comfortable doing. And it's important. If you're the only one there, then put it on, you do it on your own body. Because that's very, very important in this prayer. Um, let's see what else is in here that you might want to know. Uh, well, as we go, after end, if there's some questions, and this needs to be taken home. All these prayers need to be taken home. And if you don't have them, I can Jim and I can make sure we have them here at church. If you want to pick them up, we'll have every week there if you want. Uh, we've been emailing to different people, and I know us being out for four weeks made it a little more difficult to connect again. But these prayers are important. Or if you're just stuck someplace, call me. Give Christy or Steve a email or a text and say, hey, I need to get a hold of Jim or Pam. And we'll be, we'll be there for you. We will help you through it. Because we have been through it. And we still are. Okay? So, all right. You two can get together. And then I'll take you three over here. Sorry, we're a little unorganized. Okay, so we need to take just a few moments and just pray what the Lord wants to reveal for you tonight. What trauma is coming up. You may have more than one, but all we want is what the Lord is showing you tonight. So, Lord, we just pray right now that the Holy Spirit ignite in you, that you can hear your ears be open eyes be open that we can hear only you lord that's the most important piece right now lord and i just pray over everyone that healing will be proclaimed for everyone that is listening or here that this will be the breakthrough that they really need help them to understand give them wisdom as we're walking through this and we just thank you
everything that's being done right now in the name of Jesus. So number one, to begin in a ministry to a traumatized victim, we have to determine the traumatic events for the, for the person from childhood into adulthood, physical, emotional, spiritual, sexual. We have to f ask about such things as divorce, death, loss of a key loved one, childhood accidents and injuries rape, abuse, surgeries, frequent moves, moves at key times, major rejections, abandonment, car accidents, major illnesses, broken bones, surgeries, and invasive medical procedures, attempted suicide, near-death experiences, etc. anything that potentially had a major negative or traumatic effect on you. So make a list if you need to. When we're giving this, when we're praying this prayer over someone, we need to have their permission to do it. If, if you don't get permission to take authority over their being, over their body for a few minutes to cut some things off, you don't have the authority to continue. So if the person agrees, in the name of Jesus Christ, take authority over their body. I often use the word being, which tends to be more inclusive and command out of it all effects of everything that made it on the list, down to the cellular level, all memories of any incident on any level, the results of all trauma, fright, terror, chemicals, drugs, poisons, or toxins the body has either produced naturally and hung onto as a result of trauma, or that were ingested or injected, excess enzymes produced, anesthesia and anesthetics, etc produced prior to, during, and after the incident. This would include fear induced during and following significant medical procedures and surgeries. And through this prayer, we state it's required that this trauma come out without harm or injury to the other person. We bless their lymphatic system and other systems to safely remove all wastes, toxins, poisons, or any other product or byproduct of trauma from the body. Include anything that is naturally a foreign agent in the body that were bonded to or that the body produced in excess connected with the traumatic event. And we talked about maybe putting your hand on the other person, on their head or their shoulder or whatever. If you have permission, you take authority over their body in Jesus' name and command out of it all the long and short-term effects of trauma, injuries, stress, tension, worry, anxiety, fear, wounding, etc. Be certain to include the memories of all abuse, defiling touch, incisions, invasive medical procedures, rejection, abandonment, beatings, bruises, even harsh words or curses spoken by parents or other significant authorities. This man recently prayed for a woman whose intercession 
induced secondary trauma to her through attempting to help carry the burden of others. I think we've all met people like that <laughs> who carry the burdens of others or want to or just naturally try to take them on. In the event of particularly defiling activities such as rape or initial homosexual encounters, command out of the body and the memory of all smells, feelings, tastes, sounds, vibrations, and touch connected with those events. Do not hurry through this part. You'll find that your client, the person you're praying for, that you're speaking this trauma prayer to, may feel things leaving them as they get progressively more relaxed. I've had several clients actually fall asleep toward the conclusion of this section and many more unable to walk out of the office immediately afterward because they were so relaxed. Number four, this is important. Ask the Lord to disconnect them from any and all second heaven entities, principalities, powers, dominions, thrones, rulers, etc., that have gained access to them through the traumatic events they suffered for the purpose of future torment. Ask the Lord to shut down all pathways, portals, and means of access to them for communication or influence. We've talked about this. We've talked about the spiritual realm, that there are, there are spirits that aren't the Holy Spirit. And if they can use a, an experience in our lives to exploit, to bring us down, that's what happens. That's where trauma comes from. According to Psalms 115.16, the heavens are the Lord's heavens, but the earth he has given into the hands of men. From this scripture, I deduce that there are second heaven entities above our pay grade that the Lord himself should be asked to deal with. But we have been given authority over those demonic entities that touch and affect earth. Those are our responsibility. author here has dealt with them as a higher order of evil, such as a dark power, ruler, throne, or dominion, and experienced much success with breaking all their tormenting activities by asking God the Father to deal with them. They seem to come out or disconnect whether they are demons, earthbound, or second heaven entities of a higher order. This step alone seems to cut off all tormenting dreams in 95% of those for whom we've used this tool. And if this is all you're able to pray due to time or opportunity, it will go a long way toward establishing freedom for the person. As Dr. Paul Cox teaches, ask the Lord if there is a specific place where portions of them have been imprisoned. Again, you think, I think of the, the, uh, <clears throat> the soldier. You know, whenever there's a sign of stress in their life, that's, that's where their mind goes back to. That's where their whole being goes back to. And they're imprisoned there. So we have to take authority over all pathways, portals, 
and means of access, marks or markers, or any means of connectivity placed upon them, physically or spiritually, to track them down or gain access to them for purposes of torment and shut them down in the authority given to you in the name of Jesus. Cancel all assignments of familiar spirits made against them as a result of traumatic incidents. If the person you're praying for has been frequently tormented by violent or sexually oriented dreams, this will usually kill those, those spirits. But if you are uncertain or just want to cover the ground, ask the Lord to issue a cease and desist order. If these tormenting dreams persist and you have tried a number of other ministry avenues and feel you have exhausted your efforts, you might want to try a technique called convening the court of heaven from Psalm 82. Skip down to the next paragraph here. If they have had violent or tormenting dreams, ask them if there is a theme or pattern to what happens to them in the dreams. Sometimes this will give you a clue as to other issues you need to deal with in a subsequent ministry session. Next, we ask the Lord if there's any portion of their being that has been delayed, trapped, captured, or imprisoned in another time, another space, dimension, or place as a result of trauma. Would he please cause it to be released and rejoined with their core being in this current time, space, and dimension? I also ask the Lord to reunify those portions with the core person. If prompted by the Holy Spirit, walk them through a reunification of these fractured parts by walking them through each dimension or through each year of their lives. Again, Isaiah 61.1, we just talked about it. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. It's an interesting distinction here. <clears throat> he says, remember that prisoners are there because of something they have done. Captives are imprisoned through no fault of their own. I never really thought about that, but how many times are we captive to something that we, you know, it's not because, not because of something we did. It's a response to something that happened to us. On several occasions, the Holy Spirit has walked them slowly forward from the age of one, two, or three years, year by year, until we reach their current chronological age, pausing when prompted between years to allow the Holy Spirit to reintegrate them. More recently, I've included the period from conception to birth as well, when their birth mother experienced trauma herself, like Pam was talking about, or planned to abort the child. I also asked him to mature each reintegrated portion to the client's current age. This doesn't seem to take any more time, but I believe it's worth the effort. And we've talked about this before. There's parts of us that are stuck. You know, we talked about uh, judgments and vows and, and soul ties. 
parts of us get stuck back when a certain uh, when a certain thing occurred, whether it was something spoken to us or uh, an experience of some kind that we that we didn't know how to respond to, and it's like that part of us is stuck. I remember talking to a Christian counselor when I got divorced many years ago. This was back in 1992, 93 maybe, uh, in reference to my daughter, who was nine years old at the time. And uh, she experienced in the subsequent years a lot of uh, mental and emotional issues that she still experiences today. But what this counselor told me was that that part of my daughter was stuck in that moment when when her mother and I got divorced. And it's it's like her emotional age continued to be about nine or ten, even when she was a late, you know, a teenager and into her twenties and thirties. When you're praying this prayer over someone, be aware. Ask your ask the person you're praying for to be aware of his or her body and report to you the changes they sense or feel as you're walking them through each year of the process. You can't be in a hurry. I know this is kind of hard to get our head around sometimes because we're not talking about stuff that's in the in the physical realm. A lot of it is, but a lot of it comes from elsewhere. Pray that the Lord will reestablish the connection between the hemispheres of the brain. Often, heavily traumatized clients <clears throat> live predominantly out of the left hemisphere of their brain and need the right side to be stimulated. Pray that the Lord will reestablish and synchronize both explicit memory and implicit memories and to reactivate any connections required to retrieve memories needed for complete healing. So that's important too. A lot of times as a response to trauma, we, we intentionally black out certain memories. But it's important to shine a light on them and speak speak into them. If prompted, often we place our hands specifically in the area near the amygdala and then the hippocampus, that's parts of your brain, and ask the Lord to restore them, repair them, or enhance them so that their healing can progress rapidly. There are five specific organs in the human brain that are damaged by wounding and trauma. These will have to be addressed later in order to assure complete healing. So it's usually a good idea if you can place your hands on the head of, of the person while you're praying for them.
Ask the Lord to reestablish for them the appropriate sleep patterns the Lord designed for them and to establish for them a sweet, undisturbed, rejuvenating, regenerative rest. Proverbs 3.24 says, If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. How often do we see sleep disorders as a result of traumatic events? Ask the Lord to begin to reestablish godly dreams, visions, and angelic visitations in the night seasons, both to enlighten, instruct, and direct them. Numerous clients report that following the ministry session that they fell asleep immediately, stayed asleep, and were not awakened by dreams the entire night for the first time in years. The immediate restoration of sleep patterns happens for 90% of, of this man's clients. And reestablishment of, of godly dreams for only about 70% initially. I believe this is because of the reestablishment of sound sleep, which has usually been deprived for years. So if you can't sleep, you, won't, you can't dream, right? Ask the Lord to begin to dismantle all automatic human responses gained as a result of trauma, such as abnormal fright responses, triggers, fears and phobias, etc. Pray over their brain for the Lord to rebuild, reestablish, recreate any electrical or chemical, any connections broken or improperly reconnected as a result of trauma. And going back, I don't know if, if you guys were here the, the very first week, we showed a picture of what, what the inside of a brain looks like with the, the wiring, so to speak. It's just what we're talking about here. So when everything is rewired, so to speak, the individual can operate once again within normal limits of high and low stimulus and can remain in control emotionally when the stimulus exceeds those limits. Numerous clients report that the ministry session, following the ministry session, that they no longer have most or all of their long-term exaggerated fright responses. This is a very common experience. So then we pray, after this process, we pray that their human spirit, before going to sleep each night, turn their face to the Father during the night while the body and soul are out cold and receive everything he or she needs for the coming day. Psalm 16:7 says, I will bless Jehovah who has given me counsel. Yes, my heart instructs me in the night seasons. Okay, so that's kind of a crash course in trauma and uh, what's involved. Like I said, it's something that We've all experienced, but this is this is an amazing process through this prayer. So I think now 
I have to ask for a timeout. We'll see where we're, where the ladies are at in here. So I would just ask each of us to uh, kind of quiet yourself and ask the Lord to reveal to you. I mean, you may already know what trauma you've experienced in your life, or you may not. It may be more a question of a certain, a certain behavior that you don't understand or a certain response that you have to certain uh, occurrences in your life or certain words even that might, that might take you back to that place that's trapped, that trauma. You can see trauma is all about time. We're all going to experience hardships. Like we said, Jesus said that right up front. Up front. You, you have tribulation. The question is, what happens then? Does it take root in us and, and change who we are, how we think, how we feel, how we pray? I mean, if we were all, if we were all like Jesus, we could experience hardships and just go on. It wouldn't affect our future. It would just be what happens to us. It wouldn't be what happens to us and the after effects of that. Uh, the enemy using it to, to exploit our weaknesses. So over these last weeks, we've talked about an awful lot. But the summary of it all is that the finished work of Christ, our Savior, our King, our Judge, our Lord, our Bridegroom, our friend, our brother, our God, who has come in the flesh, our deepest desire and hope is complete. Remember what God, Jesus said on the cross? It is finished. It's done. We are in him, and he is in the Father, and he is in us. We're perfect in him. Present, future, today. And for, for any of the, the strategies and the, the tactics that we've talked about to, to tackle some of the issues that we experience, 
and this this goes for everything we talked about in the in the past weeks, the soul ties and the, the judgments, the vows. The key to breaking through, revealing those things and dealing with them is knowing him, really knowing him. Early on, we talked about that word gnosko. Knowing him through experience. It's not just about knowledge from, from reading the Bible or, you know, intellectual. Gnosko is knowing because you've experienced it. And once you've experienced Jesus, we, can, we want to become more like him. When we see him, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. Now we want to know what we have already been given. We're unpacking what is already ours. So the new covenant, the new covenant that Jesus sealed with his death on the cross and resurrection doesn't, doesn't wipe away the old covenant, but it fulfills it. We have we have everything we need in him to overcome trauma. We need to ask him for help. We have to know who we are. If we know who Jesus is, then we know who we are. Agree with who God says he is and who he says you are. If we remain in the love of God, he loves us because he loves us, because he loves us, because that's what he's like. If no matter what circumstance we face and no matter what emotional trigger is up, we can default to this. I am loved by God right here. Then I can remain in love. God can give me his mind I can see things as he sees them. I can see the truth of him and become like him. I can love him and I can love others because I love myself, because he loves me. That's the new covenant. So again, when we talk about trauma, to prepare, to pray over someone, to release it. First of all, what's the Holy Spirit bringing up? 
regarding trauma. Begin to feel where you may hold it in your body, soul, or spirit. And again, this is not what we can do intellectually. This is the Holy Spirit. Be engaged and report what is happening to the prayer minister as he or she is moving through the prayer. And when we pray, we take authority over your body and command healing for trauma like we would do for any injury or sickness. If you're in agreement, please grant permission to your prayer minister to take authority over your body before the prayer. if we're prayed over to, to expose and to, and to get rid of trauma. Once that's over, we should be able to say, I declare to the enemy that he is defeated and is under the feet of Jesus here on earth as it is in heaven. I declare that as Jesus is in heaven, so I am here on earth. I renounce any lie or agreement with anything that is not conformed to the image of Jesus Christ.